1: Hey there, Knicks fans. How you doing? It's your boy John of the Macri with you for another episode of the Knicks Film School Podcast. Which I get to say fairly proudly is currently, at the moment I say these words, a podcast about a team that is not terrible and, dare I say, not even all that bad. Um, yes, the Knicks are 7-8 and eight as they are uh, prepared to embark on their West Coast road trip, their first West Coast road trip of the, night, of the uh, season, excuse me, um, which will include back-to-back games on Thursday and Friday, um, late starts in Sacramento and then in uh, or in Golden State, then in Sacramento, followed by a Sunday night game in Portland, and then finishing up on Tuesday um, in Utah. So we have that to look forward to. We'll see. Maybe they screw around and win a couple games on this trip. I, I, I think I did predict with uh, with Jeremy that they would win uh one game I I, I kind of want to take that back now because I don't know this team it's amazing what they do to me feeling frisky again um on this episode uh which we recorded on Monday after the win against the magic I'm gonna be talking to chipper Murphy so uh you may know chip from uh his work in the past at uh, esny he writes about the Knicks for hoops habit um he has a great podcast and he's also someone that i've had on this pod before and we have this very strange there's not really much rhyme or reason to it um tradition where we talk about the knicks and the magic every time the knicks and the magic play or we do it once a season so uh we re-upped the tradition i believe this is the third year in a row and we had a really fun time talking so uh stay tuned for that momentarily not much by way of nba news over the first 2 days of this week um other than uh some i guess some interesting outcomes as it pertains to nick fans from uh monday night one the mavs lost which you know you could be like me and th- Secretly think the Mavs are like a dangerously really good team. Um, or you can be like Schwinn and uh, yell at me every time I say something good about the Mavs and uh, secretly think the Mavs are like a, a top 10 pick waiting to happen. Either way, us as Nick fans can... Jump for joy, celebrate, maybe take a swig of the good stuff in unison every time the Mavs drop a game, and the Mavs drop a game, and they're six and seven. And I I watched a good deal of this one. The Mavs did not look great. Um, Luca played okay, you know. Porzingis played fine, but that team is thin, and um, you know they're just they're they're not all that good right now. So. I, I don't know. I go back and forth. I think at one point I said I would sign for the 21st pick if that's where the Mavs pick ended up. I think I wrote a, a week or two ago that I would sign for the 19th pick. I, I, I am wavering yet again. I, I am not a man of much conviction. I am. I am about as 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 sturdy as a, a blade of grass when it comes to, to things that I that I put out into the universe. Um I, I still think the Mavs are going to be okay, but uh, you know, six and seven is is uh, is six and seven. Worse record than the Knicks, I know that. Uh, the other game that I thought was of interest on Monday night was uh, the Rockets game uh, because it featured Victor Oladipo, and specifically, it featured Victor Oladipo kind of running the show, healthy for the first time in man um over 2 years because you know he he started off sluggish uh in his season after his all nba finish and and got hurt and then his his season last year was was kind of a you know wasn't very good it was kind of a wash and then this season he's not that he's played second fiddle but playing alongside Sabonis and Brogdon. um You know, it's it hasn't been his show. Well, for the Rockets, he it was definitely his show. And boy, did he look like the guy that um, I know I remember seeing during his his all NBA campaign when he got a couple of MVP votes. Why am I talking about Victor Oladipo on a Knicks podcast? Because, you know, I'm are there times when, you know, Nick content creators like myself will try to force something that isn't really there? Absolutely. I can be a big enough man to admit that I have done that very thing uh, on occasion in the past. Do I think this Oladipo, like his situation with the Rockets is one of those things? No, I don't. I think this is something that the Knicks are paying attention to. I don't I don't say that with any inside information other than that. I know that they have kept tabs on him in the past and were at least tangentially involved in, you know, finding out what was going on in Indiana before the season started. Um, not, not to say that that got anywhere, but look, he's a player of interest. Uh, Ian Bagley reported this, uh, I think probably before anyone, uh, and looking at the upcoming free agent class, especially if you believe Kawhi Leonard is not going anywhere, which he's not, uh, Oladipo is an interesting name, especially now that he plays for a team that is owned by a man who, uh, does not like to spend a whole lot of money. Um, and Victor Oladipo makes a lot of it. And the Knicks have a lot of it to spend. Uh, and they're in need of a guy that does the stuff that Victor Oladipo does, which just to put a cap on this point, um, he was essentially playing point guard. Not essentially. He was playing point guard for the Rockets because everybody the else that they had was out. Uh, there was no John Wall. I don't even know who their backup point guard is right now, but he wasn't there either. And uh, Oladipo was running the show and he was, you know, he looked the part doing it. Um, so I'll be interested to see what, if anything develops, uh, with that situation, maybe nothing will develop, who knows, but it, it, he is a player that I'm going to be keeping an eye on. And, uh, he, he looked very good in his debut for, uh, Houston. I think that's it. Um, we didn't really, we haven't got an injury update today from the Knicks, which I don't expect to get because they don't play tomorrow or on Wednesday. They don't play until Thursday. Uh, But like everybody else, I'm going to be fascinated to see uh, what happens to the rotation uh, if and when Alec Burks returns. And I'm sure he will be back, whether he's back for Thursday or Friday. He's coming back soon. So it's going to, you know, bear watching. And uh, I, you know, I'll say this. Nothing, nothing would shock me. I know I say that often with this team, but nothing nothing would shock me. So uh I think that's it. Before we get to my conversation with Chipper Murphy though, uh a very quick word from our friends at the Action Network. So I I hope you're sitting down. If you're not sitting down, you better sit down now because we have to tell you something monumental, which is that we love sports betting. I mean, who doesn't? And whether you've been betting for a while or you're thinking about getting started, I want to let you know about a great resource for sports bettors. And that is the Action Network, which is where fans go to bet smarter and experience real financial gains. In fact, their Action Network app was recently named the best app in sports betting. How about that? And with an Action Network Pro subscription, you can unlock the very best of the app. When you sign up for an Action Network Pro subscription, here's what you're going to get. You get access to the Pro Report, which includes expert projections for every game. You can see money and bet percentages on every game, so you could see the teams professional gamblers are betting on. That seems cool. You can take advantage of pro systems, which match winning historical betting trends with the latest games and lines. And you could also track every bet you make and get alerts in real time. So if you're looking to bet smarter, an Action Network pro subscription is the best way to get started. And for a limited time, my listeners, Yes! If you're listening to this, you're my listeners, uh, can receive 50% off an annual pro subscription. Just go to ActionNetwork.com right now and receive 50% off an annual subscription when you use the code FILMSCHOOL. That is F-I-L-M-S-C-H-O-O-L. This offer won't last, so go to ActionNetwork.com to sign up for a pro subscription and use promo code FILMSCHOOL to receive 50% off and start betting smarter today. All right, joining me now on the Knicks Film School podcast. Um, if you're if you're an old school KFS podcast head, uh, you you have heard this voice a couple times, because this has officially become I could call it this. This has become an annual tradition. Every time the Knicks play the Magic, I have on. Um, I'm going to call him a young man, even though I don't know. Are you older than me? I'm I'm thirty. I'm on the verge of thirty eight. How old are you? Oh, no, I'm 31, almost 32. OK. Oh, sure.
2: So, okay? so I can say it. I'm not. No, I meant I'm not young. I'm not young. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen, you're young to me. Everybody's young to me. Um, A
1: young young man who uh, I I will always be very gracious because of this, got me my first gig writing about uh, the Knicks for uh, Elite Sports New York. And um, he's also become a good friend over the years. And we always we do this pod because he's the one person in the universe (laughs) (laughs) who follows you can't write this the new york knicks and the orlando magic those are his two teams that have been for some time uh he is the host of the hoops addicts anonymous podcast and he's also uh he writes about the knicks for hoops habit um chip murphy chip hello my friend john thanks for having me on again man it. I, listen, I always, I, any excuse to, to get us <laughs> on here. I mean, the excuse has become anytime the Knicks play the Magic, but, you know, it, it doesn't mm-hmm. take much. Um, we have to do this for posterity's sake. Can you remind the folks at home how it is that it came to pass that you um, follow or cover, as it were, I guess, the Knicks and the Magic? Well, a couple of
2: reasons. I, I'm i a huge JJ Redick fan. I, I'm a Duke fan, so I liked the Magic back in the day, but I really got into them recently because I wanted the Knicks to draft Jonathan Isaac. And so I, yeah, Yeah. I was a huge fan of his. I think a lot of people were, but obviously can't be upset about that. He was picked before them, but I, so I started following his career and watching their games and I just got into the team in 2017, 18 was uh, his rookie year. And uh, I watched a lot of their games and he didn't play very much, but I liked a lot of the guys on that team. I liked Vooch. I like Fournier. A lot of guys that are there now. <laughs> Mario Hazonia was on that team. Alfred oh, Payton God. was on that team. Uh, it was an, it, they were like the Island of Misfit Toys kind of team. They just had a lot of guys that were easy
1: to root for, you know? Well, they s- still, I mean, I know a couple guys are out. I, I mean, Fultz, it's, it's, I hope, you know, and everybody always says, oh, I hope he's okay. You got, how do you not root for Marco Fultz, right? To make a recovery yeah, after what exactly. happened to him? Um so obviously he's not there um Fournier missed we're recording this I should say um on Monday uh, mm-hmm. late um evening or actually no late afternoon early evening the Knicks beat the Magic earlier today uh hence uh why we're why we're talking about this um but yeah no Fournier missed the game um Fultz is out uh who else uh, Isaac is obviously out, out for out the all year, year. I, think I think that's MCW's out oh, Aminu's yeah, that's been right. out
2: yeah yeah.
1: So uh, it's it's half a it's half a team right now. But they they still do kind of take on that island of misfit toys uh ethos as it were.
2: Yeah, they really do. And Fultz only added to that and he made them even more uh comfortable to root for. Fultz was just so easy to root for and uh Vujovic gave them an all-star, obviously. So it, they've just been I know obviously a sleeper team and they they have their niche. They get the eight seed and win one game. Su- surprising game. And that's was it, was their thing. Two, two or three years in a row they've done that No, It feels, uh, like, it feels like three, but it is is yeah. two, And they just okay. surprise you with that. And Vooch was amazing in the playoffs last year, obviously.
1: But well, uh, yeah, I, I think it's I was. It's So for anybody who didn't watch this game, um, I, I part of me wants to be like, you didn't miss much. But at the same time, so you're not again here. You're not as old as me. So I remember the '90s a little bit more clearly than you do, and this this type of game to me is like it, I'll I'll watch this type of game any day of the week because it's just ugly and and gross and no like what do you write about this other than two teams could not buy a basket and um, one team made just enough shots in the end and uh, they both played pretty hard on defense throughout the entire affair, um, but uh, I, I thought. The, the guy who's the, the guy who stands out for the magic is still Vooch.
2: Yeah, it's not. I mean, he's like the, the Will Smith meme in End of the Fresh Prince when he's looking around and there's no one there. That's the <laughs> he's that's the offense right now for the Orlando magic. It's just him standing around like it's especially with Fultz gone. Like it's it's no coincidence that since he went down, that's when their six game losing streak started. It's just been brutal without him. And, he, it starts and ends with Vooch pretty much.
1: He was ten for sixteen from the field today for uh, twenty-four points, pulled down fourteen rebounds. I mean, it's, the guy really is mm. um, something else. Had a couple blocks that were I uh, thought both of them were significant in the in the flow of the game. Um, but the Knicks pulled it out today. What, let me let me ask you this from from a perspective of again, you're, you follow the Magic pretty closely. I'm I think fans are always leery when they when they beat a team who looks ugly in the game that the, the, in this instance that the Knicks have won. um, Is it you, do you put too much stock in it or is like, Oh no, this other team just like played horribly. Like obviously the magic did not make a lot of shots today, but I thought what we saw today from the magic was fairly representative of at least how they've been playing of late, which is to say not terribly well, but they could do some stuff. Yeah. The magic are still a good team. They're obviously,
2: at their worst right now, being that they don't have their starting point guard, but and they won't for the rest of the year. But Nikola Vucevic is still an all star player. So I think you can still take some positive away from winning this game. Yeah. I mean, the Orlando is hoping to at some point compete for a playoff spot this year. That's the world they live in there. But they, I don't think you should say this win means nothing. If that's what you're trying to say, well, if you're a I'm, Knicks fan. I'm not saying
1: that. I do. Yeah, really no, no, no. That's what, if that's what you're
2: trying to say, like some Knicks fans would think like, Oh, you just beat this beleaguered team. Yes. This team is way down with injuries, but Nikola Vucevic is really good. Aaron Gordon went full Aaron Gordon at the end of that game and lost his mind and played yeah. and was making mistakes. But for the majority of that game, he was playing smart basketball and playing his best self. But, uh, I get it. Cole Anthony, the rookie point guard is going to cause a lot of problems there and he's in a spot in no
1: circumstances he should be in. But it's Did still think that was a nice and and we should say it was the would they get him it's I forget. 18, 15, 16. I think 15, Was it 15? You know, no, they had say... the 15th. They didn't trade down. So there was a 15th pick then. Okay. i say 15, yeah. Yeah. Um I mean I thought it was defensible,
2: right? Um He's the guy they wanted, so okay. they really wanted him, and I, they like him. And I don't; it's way too early to make a judgment on him. I think that he's a lot better than the percentages he's shown so far. He's done a lot yeah. of good things, and if folks well, didn't get hurt, he's carrying a heavy yeah, load too. We he's should say. carrying way yeah. too. That's why Gordon is playing a point forward role right now too, because they don't want to put that much responsibility on Anthony. I mean, he's playing like twenty nine minutes a game right now. Before Fultz got hurt, there were a couple games where he played like fewer than 20 minutes. OK, so I think if this were a normal season, he would be probably averaging like 20 minutes per
1: game for the Whoa. season. And now he's going to be thrown into a starting role. That's what it's essentially what a lot of Nick fans and I, I have to count myself amongst them, despite the fact that uh, he was the uneven today and Alfred Payton actually had a really good game. That's what a lot of fans want to see with Emmanuel quickly. Um put him into the starting role and, and just you know toss him in and I think you're seeing with Cole Anthony um, how that can can be a little dangerous. I, I think quickly maybe is a little bit more prepared um, for this level with his shot and shot making ability. Um but no I think I think Cole will be okay. I I, I don't and I, he, he made some made some big shots today. Um I I wanna talk about the the Knicks start because we're sitting here mm-hmm. They are seven and eight under, and it just, it, you get so deep and I, you write about this team. You podcast about the team. I write about the team every day. I podcast about the team. You get so deep into the, into the forest. And I just, I was walking downstairs. I told you I, had, I took a shower cause I was feeling, I, I, I was, I did my, my post game thing. And I don't know if anybody noticed when they were watching, I was wearing a hoodie and that's because I had not changed out of the shirt. That I had worn from previous days post game live stream. So I, I was I texted you before. I'm like, let me just take a quick shower. Um, and I'm coming downstairs. I'm thinking to myself, the New York Knicks are seven and eight. Like, in what universe would anyone have thought that would have been possible this season? Like, right? Am I am I yeah. off or or because you know me, I get very optimistic. So, yeah. or where where are you come down on where they started? I'm shocked.
2: I mean, I'm obviously very surprised and glad anybody who isn't happy about the start. I don't know how you couldn't be happy about a seven and eight start through 15 games, especially remember when the schedule came out and how hard it looked and everybody was like, oh, my God, look what they did to the Knicks, like a seven and eight start. Oh, my God, I'm thrilled. They've been favored
1: in two games. Yeah, exactly. Lost those games. I know. So it's like, you know, yeah, it's 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 and and the um and Randall even said today, speaking of one of those losses, mm-hmm. when somebody I forget who asked him the question um about like oh you're heading into the West Coast swing winning winning uh two games in a row and he's like it should have been three or or, or could have been three he said that Cavs um, game that Cavs loss sucked that really sucked but they should have won that game if if they call a kickball there on Andre Drummond which. You would have it would have been nice if they were called that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a real possibility the Knicks are sitting with a winning record after 15 mm-hmm. games, but it, um, again, how how anyone complains about it? I mean, even the did we ever agree on a on a on a, a cade, um, like a tanking for cade like slogan, like a rhyming thing? I thought um, I fade. said
2: crusade, wasn't there crusade for cade
1: or crusade something for, like that? Fade for cade, fade for cade, fade for cade, I think fade. was the one. Um, even the fade for Cade people, I don't know. Like if you look at the standings, it, I, I still like, there's going to be an opportunity to get in the, in the, the running. And I don't, yeah, I, I just, I, I, I first of all, I can't talk, even talk to those people. If you're not happy about seven and eight, I don't know, yeah. wrong, re-examine your, your life priorities, especially since and we're going to talk about some other hot starts that they've had. Um, I, I think there is a, there was more a feeling of legitimacy um, to this one because of, like, who is doing the the heavy lifting, you know? Um, Yeah. Of of everybody, like, who – Barrett, uh, there's been some tweets floating around today. I think it was his fourth game in a row. He had either 19 or 20 or, or more points. Like, he looked good today, again. And he's looked good a lot lately, right? and another double double too yeah like 20 he had 20 and 10 right he had here I, i'm pulling up the tweet good old hoop central who i think pissed some people off with some tweet earlier this year but they they're usually good um his last four games so today was 22 and uh yeah. was today 22 and 10 or was today 20 and 5 no today was 22 Today's and 10. 22 and, two and 10 yeah OK, last game before that 19 and 11 game before that 20 and four game before that 20 and five and either three or four assists in every one of those games. Um, I think his field goal percentage for the four games in total is hovering a little bit below 50 percent. He's now above 75 percent from the line. Um, how about this That's, one here? I, I, I got to go one for you. I was looking this up before he is right now. This is a guy who looked like he did not belong anywhere near a free throw line last season. As, as we sit here today and record this, it might change by, by Wednesday when this pod comes out, but I'll say it for now. He is 20th in the league and made free throws. He's made 55 of 73 attempts. That's Stop. huge. That's yeah. huge. That's way bigger than
2: the three-point percentage right now to me. Like, Especially, he only took three three-pointers today, by the way. I know he missed all of them, but the fact that he didn't go out there and shuck up eight, I think says a lot about his shot selection today. That's big. <sighs>
1: Where do you fall? We don't we don't really like uh Jeremy, who I do the, the pod with on mm-hmm. um Sundays, like we don't really get into analytics that much. He's not really an analytics guy, he's more of a cap guy. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm a little analytics-y at times. Where do you cause to me at this point and I've kind of written something to this effect recently, I almost want to tell RJ like, okay, it's that's fine. You could take your couple of three, two, three, if, if it's like wide open and it's like, if it, as, as Tibbs always says, right? It's the right play. But I just, if there's an opportunity for him to get something inside the arc right now, I want him. I think there's basically what I'm saying is I think there's a line to toe. And even if for the time being, he's taking the quote unquote inefficient shot and bypassing the three to maybe dribble into a 16 footer. I'd rather see that for him right now for where he's at in his in his development.
2: Yeah, the mid-range shot, no one ever says it's inefficient when it goes in. So I mean, I don't <laughs> I don't see why when he takes it more often than not it goes in. So I don't I don't buy this narrative like oh the the nerd with the calculator is ruining RJ Barrett. I also don't buy that that he's taking too many threes because of that. I don't think he should abandon taking open threes altogether. But if he feels more comfortable taking in a couple dribbles and shooting a mid-range, of course that's what he should be doing. Like, the best mid-range shooters are Devin Booker, CJ McCollum, Dame Lillard. Steph Curry's an amazing mid-range shooter. All those guys start out as great. Devin Booker is an amazing... Oh, I forgot Chris Paul. Chris Paul. Sorry, Chris is, Paul. is he the yeah. greatest
1: mid-range shooter Chris of, Paul, this, yeah. of this century, maybe? Yeah, that I've ever that seen. Yeah. yeah. Um, and,
2: no, I like- mean, yeah, RJ needs to do whatever makes him feel comfortable. So if that's what makes him feel comfortable, then yeah, he should take a mid, start out with the mid-range game.
1: Yeah, I'm just, I'm looking his last, so he was over 3 from 3 today, but his last four games uh, from 3, it was, or 3 before this, it was 1 for 4, 2 for 4, um, 2 for 4. But I, I like that number, like 3 or 4 uh, three-point attempts a game. That feels yeah. right for him. Um, uh, you know, as opposed to the six, seven, eight range, maybe maybe someday he, they get there, but um, so yeah, Bar- Barrett's been great, and um, I mean, quickly, what you know, we, we could just we could talk about Emmanuel quickly for an hour. Ugh. Um, dude, the floaters, <laughs> the floaters, <laughs> amazing. amazing. What else you say about the? Yeah, I he, mean, he
2: already has a McCollum level floater game, this is insane. Uh, it's amazing. What can you say that Chris Percy Einan hasn't already said on his? Twitter and his <laughs> halftime show like it's he said all that needs to be said hasn't he
1: no hes he's been all over it um you know and Knox has been chipping in and Mitch has been doing his thing um you know but even like a guy like Randall he's when, when when a guy like Randall plays like this and I think that's been the really interesting thing that happened this season it it goes from like to me this did and then this will be a good transition into talking about Comparing this season to the last three times, the, the team had a, a better than expected start. Um, this to me feels differently than when like Inez Cantor was putting up numbers at the beginning of the 2017-18 um season. Because like there was never a sense, ever, 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 ever a sense that Inez Cantor was going to be a part of like the long-term solution for the New York Knicks and Randall. And I know he had a, a bad game um, against the magic, but I think Randall is, is giving you a, a different sense and that either he can be a part of the long-term solution here um, or can get you something really significant via trade. If you, if you play your cards right and we don't need to talk about that today, but um it's actually interesting. I, I'm I, one last thing before we move on to talking about some of these other hot starts. We mentioned Vooch before. I just brought up Randall now. I wonder if either of these, the next, who knows what they're going to do with Randall. I wonder if the Magic would entertain fielding offers for Vooch. If the
2: Magic would entertain it,
1: no. You don't Should think they? they would move him? No, they, they don't want to go
2: back to the gutter that they were in for however many years it was six, seven straight years. Yeah, like without Dwight Howard. They don't want to go back to that gutter, that 2025 season without a, making the playoffs and just being embarrassingly bad. But and that's, the, what, that's what it would mean. This is the second year of his deal. He signed for four for 100. And the deal's declining too. It's a really good deal. 24
1: next year, 22 after that. I mean, if you could get a guy who's an all-star and granted, he's like, there's different ways to say like, Oh, he's an all-star. He's he's the, is he the 20th best player in the league? Is he the 23rd best player in the league? Whatever. He's somewhere. Is he the 19th best player Mm -hmm. in that range? Right. But like, if you could get that dude for like less than a max contract, that's a, that's a win. Um yeah, and 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 Gordon obviously his deal is eminently movable. Like they could tank so easily this year, and I, I get what you're saying. They don't want to do that, but um, yeah, I, I I to me like if he if they put him on the table, that's the only other guy other than Randall who I feel like could be a big man potentially available around the trade deadline this season. That that a team maybe could look at and be like, hmm, maybe maybe that's worth it for us to give something. But you say they won't trade him. I don't think the Knicks are going to trade Randall. Do you? No,
2: I don't think they should trade Randall either. And I also don't think the Magic should trade Vucevic. So I don't think either team should trade either guy. Yeah. I mean, we like the Knicks. Why? Wait, do you think they should trade Randall? I actually want to know that if you think they should.
1: It would have to be. It would have to like, let me put it this way. For Marcus Morris, I got I was at the point where it was like, just whatever the best offer is, if the best, if the, the Clippers offer was the best offer. Sure. Just move him. Take whatever you can get. For With Randall, that's not the case. It is not about take whatever the best offer is that's on the table. It's about the offer has to be really, really, really. It has to be a too good to be true offer. I don't think somebody will make it, which is why I don't think they will trade him. And I, and I on the whole, don't think that they should.
0: But again, never say never. because We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate If that,
1: well, I, I, I yeah, I, you were the one, listen, you were the one who brought it up, man. And, and I, I wrote about it. Devonte Graham and the Hornets unprotected first round pick. If that's, what's on the table, then you might, I, I might have to do it, but even then, cause even then it's like Devonte Graham, what is Devonte Graham? And I love Devonte, but I, I do I love Devonte Graham too. I think he's a difference making player when he's going right, but he's also really small. I don't know if he's a starting, if he's really a starting caliber point guard in the league, if you're, if you want to be a good team. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's so easy to be like, yeah, get the get the fifteenth or sixteenth pick in this draft, like you you know. But Randall's really, Randall's really good. Good transition because we're. I want to compare this team very quickly before we get out of here. Um, to the last three hot Knicks starts that have turned out to be fool's gold. So I'll go through these in in uh, receding order in terms of when they happened the most recent one 2017-18 season um coached by mr jeff Hornacek. i'm looking i'm looking uh, under i'm looking at basketball reference uh underneath coach jeff Hornacek, it says executive and you know whose name next is next to the word executive i am looking at it right now <laughs> <laughs> mr stephen mills take a bow um so <laughs> that team started off uh 16 and 13 And if you want to push it two games further, 17 and 14, Um, and they ended up um, 29 and 53 Uh, the next year or sorry, the preceding year. So this is now 2016, 17 also coached by Jeff Hornacek executive Phil Jackson, different executive, Um, but uh, also started off 16 and 13 um, and they uh, ended up the season thirty-one and fifty-one. Although notably, there were like there were some injuries that hit that team, but like not like the the KP and the and the Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, injuries the the next year. So, um, gosh, talk about paper tigers, sixteen and thirty. But we'll talk about that in a sec. And then the other one that I feel like deserves mentioning, and a lot of people forget about this one, but I I don't forget about it because it was it I remember being excited at the time. 2008 2009 season, Mike D'Antoni's first as coach, executive Donnie Walsh. All all hell, Donnie. Um, That team started off six and three, and then they eventually got to 11 and 12 before the wheels fell off, and they uh, finished 32 and 50. Um, I I know you remember these three years well because you're a dutiful fan. You you watch these things all the way through. Do you think of, of any of those, do any of those seasons remind you at all of this season, either good or bad? Or or, or what what do you think? No,
2: not really. And maybe oh eight oh nine. No, I shouldn't say no outright. Maybe oh eight oh nine, if any of them. Because why, why that 0-8-0-9? Because that was Dantoni's first year. And this is Thibodeau's first year. And maybe that's just me. And I had such high hopes, unreasonably high hopes, maybe, for uh, Mike D'Antoni because I loved the Phoenix Suns and Steve Nash, and I thought, okay, we're getting this guy. And uh, maybe that was the the death of my Knicks uh, positivity <laughs> as a fan, <laughs> watching Mike D'Antoni and Carmelo Anthony flame out altogether. But I had high hopes for the guy, and Donnie Walsh was a legend, and he was going to bring us to – Uh, a championship and that was a fraud too, but I mean, Oh,
1: we will not be (laughs) smirch. There are a few names that I hold sacred. And even though, and even though I myself have, have um, been uh, unkind in retrospect to Donnie Walsh doing what he did this season and taking a fun little team and almost two full years away from the free agency of 2010, trading away its core for literally nothing but but cap space. Um, th- I, I think I hold him at fault for that, um, but I but I, I think highly of that. Di- I like Danny Walsh. Donnie yeah, Walsh no,
2: I, I like him. It's just there were such high expectations there and he didn't deliver. I, I don't know. I and D'Antoni, too. There were such high expectations with those. So I would compare it to 8 09 because when D'Antoni, I remember when D'Antoni came in the press conference and all the articles and there was such hype because he was so successful and there was hope. And I was a huge Jamal Crawford fan. So I, I was of course excited about Jamal Crawford and any way he played, but the, the trade was devastating when they just unloaded all of those guys and dumped off all those guys. I remember thinking, why aren't, why aren't they keeping Jamal Crawford around? Like I was such a novice in terms of basketball. I had no, no,
1: I mean, but, but they, but they, but I think everybody, and I did it. At the time, I was like, oh my God, Donnie Walsh did the impossible. He, because I, the, at that time, people forget those contracts the Crawford contract mm-hmm. and the Zach Randolph contract which was the other big one. Those were looked at as unmovable contracts. People mm-hmm. looked at it and said, the Knicks are never going to be in a possession to, position to sign LeBron James because they have this bad money on the books, thanks to Isaiah Thomas. And I think it was, you know, there was this perception that Isaiah had saddled the franchise for like almost literally decades. That's what it felt like, right? Um, with these bad deals. And when Donnie got those mo- that money out of here, everybody was like, oh my God, he-, he did this. Whereas I think, you know, there was a savvier way to play that, which was like, let D'Antoni continue coaching those guys. And maybe it turns into a funnel little- and maybe their trade value increases a little bit more. And sure as shit, one that ended up happening, Jamal Crawford wins however many six man of the year awards. And Zach Randolph makes an all NBA team after the Knicks moved him.
2: Imagine the numbers Jamal Crawford would have put up in a Mike D'Antoni offense, man. He, he
1: was doing it. He was yeah. doing it for yeah. the Knicks offense that year. I'm here. Let's I'll look at it yeah. right now. Um, I don't want to get too far off track, but I, I love going down these memory lanes. He was putting up um, twenty points, nineteen point six to be exact, uh, four and a half assists a game, um, and he was hitting. <laughs> you gotta love this through 11 games. He had been hitting 45% of his <laughs> seven, three pointers a game, which back in 2008 taking seven threes a game was pretty, yeah. pretty significant. Um, man. Yeah, no, they, uh, that was a fun thing. So yeah, I think that's a good comp actually, because, and you know what it would be like? Imagine if, um, not that they're going to do this, but imagine if Leon Rose traded Julius Randall, you
2: know, tomorrow yeah. capitalize on a hot start
1: yeah for, so hot, yeah for whatever he you know for for a first round pick or for a pick and a young player so like that's what it would be like and we would i think we would always be left maybe wondering like oh what if that was such a fun nice start to the regime um that's a good comp so it's funny that the, the to me the obvious comp I, I i don't know maybe maybe this is just me but it, to me it's 2017-18 because porzingis not that I like to say his name on this podcast, but um, you know, he had that start. I looked it up today, his first 15 games, he averaged 27 points. He was shooting 40, almost 50% from it. was like 47, 48%, something like that. It was, it was good. You know, he was, um, he was making 40% of his threes. He was just, it, they, it looked apart and there was like a nice fun cohesion to the team. Like they won a few games. They weren't supposed to win. You know, Frank was had the rookie excitement over Frank. He made a hmm. couple of big shots and like he had Cantor doing his thing. He's like, okay, it's a fun little, fun little team. Tim Hardaway Jr. suddenly doesn't look like the worst contract. That's what this, if anything, reminds me of. But at the same time, this also feels a little bit different. This feels more legitimate than that.
2: Yeah, I get what you mean with Chris Stops had kind of the same sort of excitement excitement as uh, Randall. Like there was yeah. that, it looks like a guy who could be there for a while and maybe be at the cornerstone of a team. And, but I don't know the the excitement with, that I have with maybe it's cause I'm a Duke fan. So I'm always going to root harder for RJ, but the excitement that I have for RJ and Randall, I don't think I ever really, reach that level of excitement for Chris stops. And I'm not just saying that because we, the way we think of that now, like he, maybe it's just because he was never healthy long enough to build up that level of excitement. He had like nice stretches where you were like, Holy shit, this guy's the guy, <laughs> but he, but then he would just get hurt and you'd be like, Oh, well, I don't know. Maybe he's just a guy who's going to be hurt all the time. And you'd be worried. You, I remember being worried about his health. That's what I remember well, being. And concerned maybe he can't post up. Yeah, like Draymond well, Green would kick his ass. Yeah. Well, there, was about the, it.
1: there was the concerns about he can't post up there was, oh my God, this guy doesn't ever pass. Mm-hmm. I, I remember who had the article. It was someone for, maybe it was Chris Herring or someone else for like 538 or something, but somebody came out with an article that literally, it was like, this guy passes less than anybody in the league that touches the ball as much as he does. Yeah, the
2: white side article you wrote about. That's read the white side, yeah. There it is, yes, yeah. yes,
1: yes. yes no, there you go. Hmm. Good memory, good memory. Yeah. <laughs> good, good job by you. Um, And and of course, there was a durability issue, which I remember I was at... Um, I don't know if you remember the Brooklyn game. It was in Brooklyn. I was at the game where Porzingis came down funny on his – he landed funny or something. And um, he missed the rest of the game. And it the immediate assumption was that he was going to be out for a while. And I think he actually came back and played the next night. And then he ended up tearing his ACL, I think it was a few weeks later. Um, so it was kind of, a, a, you know, um, foreshadowing there. But, yeah, no, I, I – like if you think about the young players on that 2017-18 team, it was I'm actually I'm gonna I'm literally gonna group them by by experience in the league right now. So there was Frank was a rookie, Dotson was a rookie, free free dot forever. Um Willie Hernan Gomez was a second year player that was buried on the bench. <laughs> remember the many, remember the, all of the consternation about Willie Hernan Gomez. God, there used to be fierce debates about Willie <laughs> oh
2: Hernan Gomez.
1: <laughs> people, people had their torches. <laughs> they would light their torches. Why isn't Willie Hernan Gomez playing <laughs> Play Willie Hernan Gomez? <laughs> that was, that was one bandwagon I never got on. Um, you had Chris Stops was in his third year. Um, and then you had, That they had they had McDermott on that team, who was a fun he was a fourth year player, so he was still kind of young. He had Hardaway was in his fifth year. Um, and then you had Cantor, he was in his seventh year, and then the rest were like kind of old retread type guys. (laughs) And and Jared Jack, of course, in his 13th (laughs) year. Um yeah. Um, no, but this is between so you mentioned we talked about Randall and RJ. Obi quickly Knox, um, who am I forgetting? I feel like I'm forgetting someone obvious, another young player on this team. Did you say Frank? I did not say Frank, but yeah, I I didn't, (laughs) I I didn't forget Frank. Oh, (laughs) listen, man, look, and and can I just say, I got, I got a a few, I think it was, I forget, somebody tweeted at me or something. I, I don't know, but some people will be giving me shit because they're like, that you've sold Frank out and like this and that. I'm like, look, I have given Frank every chance to be, to, to to convince me that my like um, investment in him, my emotional investment in him was warranted. And I can't very well sit here and be like, oh no, don't worry. He's still definitely part of the future or he should definitely be part of the future of this team. And they have to factor him in to their future plans when like he's, this is now the fourth year in a row where he, or the third year in a row where he, he's, he, he can't stay on the court. Um, so I, you know, so no, I did not mention, um, no, but I forgot to mention somebody else that that I feel like is. Did is, you say Mitch and RJ? I, oh, that's why I, yeah, I didn't say. I said Mitch Robinson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, how can I the guys you? How could I forget yeah. about him? Um, you know, and they're eight. RJ is twenty, Mitch is twenty-two, um, Knox is twenty-one, quickly is twenty-one, Obi Toppin is twenty-two. It's like. There are five guys right there, um, all of whom, if you told me like they're going to play a significant role in whatever the hell the Knicks are going to do from here on in, will they? Eh, probably not all of them, but some of them might probably will. Yeah, this feels eh, But at the same time, they're only seven and eight, right? Yeah,
2: I will um, say, like you said, I've known you a couple of years. I can't believe we're at a point where I feel like I'm higher on Frank Neil Aquino than you are. Like when I, not, when, when I met you, you were like driving the Frank Neilakina bus. You, like, I well, can't but believe that was, we're
1: at this point. But that was also because I had, well, so let's take a step back. There were the one team we did not talk about the hot start team, the 2016, 17 team, which right. I have watched this franchise play basketball since 1993. That is when I first really started investing my time as a fan. The 2016-17 season, without question, more than any of the Isaiah years, uh, more than the early late in the the late in years. Um, you know, um, more than the the couple of like like 2013-14 when they had high expectations and they fell flat on their face. That 2016-17 season was the most frustrating season I've ever had as a fan because it was just it was like what is going on like i just it doesn't even look like basketball to me and i understand they can't got out to a 16-13 start but it just there was no plan there was no rhyme or reason to anything that they were doing like Kristaps was there he looked good the whole thing but and then frank came along and i was like oh my god there's a real basketball player who could do like, like the little things the things that this team this shitbag of a team that i just watched for a year didn't do any of those things this kid is doing these things and so how how did you not come to love him and then when he's gotten a chance to really perform over the years he has you know given you reason to continue to be hopeful and i still think he's going to be good but i just can't it is unfair to the Knoxes and the toppins and the quicklys of the world for me to put frank in the same category as those guys this year yeah that's all i'm saying you know i how could i you know but i hope listen Nobody would be happier to have this thrown back in my face than me. Um, <laughs> Frank, if you're listening, I still love you. Um, but yeah, man, I, I, I'm, I think this, it feels more real, but at the same time, I do I think that they're going to finish around a 500 with a 500 record? I, I'd be lying if I do. What's your, what was your prediction before the season? I think, feel like we, we had,
2: we did do this. Yeah. I think I, their over under was like 21. 20, 22, 22 and a half. 22 yeah. and a half. I think I said 25. I went, I went pretty low. I wanted to say like 28, but I think I went 25. I think what I did went, you do? I think I did either
1: God knows I should have written this down somewhere. Um, I think I was, went with 28, 28 on the high mm-hmm. end, 26 on the low end. So I'll sweat the difference and say I went with 20, 27. Um, but with, with keeping in mind that a 500 record would be 36 and 36. Yeah. As we sit here today, do you have an updated prediction of, of or, or do you want to stick with 25? I, I feel like I should stick with
2: 25, but. You can lo- do it. I mean, listen, it, it's your
1: world. I'm just living in it.
2: Yeah. They look so much better than we thought they would. I feel like if I change it, I'm falling into a trap, but. I feel I'm safe. I feel I'm safe upping it a couple wins. I'm gonna up it to your 28.
1: I'm gonna go with 28. Up it to my 28. All right, so so let me do some quick math. So they have won seven games right now, correct? Mm-hmm. So for them to win 28 games, they would need to go. I teach I teach math, so that I should be able to do this. Right? <laughs> um, they would need to win 21 more games out of the... And they've played 15. So that means they have 57 left to go, right? Okay, so 57 minus 21. I think I did that right. That would mean that they would go 21 and 36 the rest of the way to finish with 28 wins. That that feels doable, 21 and 36 the rest of the way, right? Mm -hmm. That's essentially winning four out of every um so four out of every no i i now now i'm oh i'm oh, hold on i'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this we're going to finish off strong here 21 divided by 57 see this is okay. this is this is good um yeah that would be winning 37% of the rest of their games okay. i could see them so a little less than four out of every 10 games i could see them doing that yeah that's definitely doable yeah. for sure yeah okay, um, that's where we will we will leave this one. Um, this has been fun. I I wonder when we get our Knicks Magic episode next year. Will it be of a <laughs> a slightly higher caliber of, of basketball, uh, or it will will it be another slog in the mud? Who's to say? I don't know, but um, I'm, it'll be fun, and we will do this again. Uh, Chip, can you tell the folks at home, uh, please, where they could find you and your stuff?
2: Sure, man. Thanks. First of all, thanks again for having me on. And you can find me on Twitter, uh, Chip Murphy. Uh, it's at Chipper Murphy, C-H-I-P-P-E-R-M-U-R-P-H-Y.
1: Um, follow Chip. Chip's a good follow. He's a better he's a good follow. But he's a better guy. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. Um, by the way, it's so funny. You're drinking Coca-Cola. Right. I never drink soda. Uh, ever and for some reason I don't know what possessed me I I poured myself a diet Dr Pepper before uh, excuse me a diet cherry Dr Pepper oh, before nice. I sat down for this podcast so um, clearly brothers in soda here mm-hmm. um, everybody out there uh, <laughs> thank you for listening to another episode of uh, the Next Film School podcast we will be back with you uh, with another episode on Friday uh, with a couple more uh, special guests um, that will lead to all kinds of uh, tomfoolery. So uh, stay tuned for that and we will be back with you soon.